0: Welcome to episode 417 of On the Corner. I am Steve Giswelli, and I am joined today by the one and only Nick Pollock. Nick, how's it going?
1: What is happening, Steve? Yes, this is the second mock draft we are doing. If you're unfamiliar, we have the uh, the link to the board below. Steve Giswelli, of course, you know his voice from the Winds Above Fantasy podcast with Van Burnett. been doing it for two years, I believe, inside the podcast network now. Uh, three, three years maybe three three, three years yeah. oh my yeah. gosh in- incredible. Yeah. Uh, I, I just uh, to me it was like it's just yesterday because uh, you know time flies but as far as how much I know Steve, I mean yeah I guess it's been three years wow. Uh, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, how many episodes do you guys have now must be like we
0: are at I think like 120 oh my uh, gosh ar- around there yeah we yeah. hit we hit a hundred in the beginning of the season this year. Um, amazing it banded like a nice little highlight package it it was it was really fun it was really fun so yeah I would have never thought that we you know when I started this you don't even think about those kind of numbers so when you see them it's like wow like yeah episode 100 (laughs) like I remember seeing like episode of 100 of like on the corner and it's like whoa like I've been listening to this for a long time like this is a it's a cool thing and it's rewarding because it's uh, you know uh, round numbers are nice and to to see that effort Pay off in the form of that is is pretty cool and special to do it on a network Absolutely, like this man. too.
1: Um, yeah, yeah and I uh, yeah they say it's a real podcast of ten episodes. So look at you, you are ten, no, you are twelve times twelve x in a real yeah. podcast. <laughs> um, but we're going to talk, of course, about Steve's mock draft. It's twenty three rounds, as your standard twelve teamer, five by five Yahoo uh, position eligibility, which I still have not done my due diligence of figuring out. <laughs> which players are like sneaky shortstop, Mm -hmm. third base outfield, all that kind of stuff. Um, I have a general sense, but I'm going to be messing that up. I apologize. But part of this podcast, the real purpose is this is our standard 276 players drafted. We're going to be going over about 300 of them. And uh, it's our concept of getting a good, quick glance at every player inside of this, um, the player pool before we get into the real wave of rankings. That allows us to have a, just a generalized idea that we can then all uh, jump from. A nice foundation across the board. And uh, I should remind everybody, of course, also three outfielders and two utility. Um, and before we begin, I want to ask you two questions. Uh, first is, did you have a, a spot in mind when I say, cool, we're going to do this mock draft? Was there a spot that you liked and uh, you wanted? Was it this one? If not, what spot would you have wanted?
0: So funny story with that, but uh, I think Van and I have picked back to back. Van Burnett, my co-host on Wins Above Fantasy, um, and he shot me a message when signups went up for this, and he's like, "Hey, I didn't see you join. Like the spot behind me is still taken. Like he just assumed that I was going to take the spot right behind yeah, right. him. I think he went one. Yeah. Um, but I think last year when I chose, I chose like a a number that I didn't feel comfortable drafting with. Mm-hmm. This year I picked the nine slot and I really, really like like the eight to 12 slot in, why is um, that? in a 12 teamer. I think that you're the, 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 the first round talent, especially at the end, there was like three or four guys that I considered that went in like the middle of the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that it's a great opportunity to get a player that you really like in, in, in your first pick and a player that you know is a first round talent in your second especially because i am going in in most leagues i'm going to take two stud hitters that's that's a goal that i want to do that's That's how that's what i want to do in the first first two rounds now i'll get into it when we get into the picks i think i could have done something a little differently um just to sort of spread the category wealth but you know in in a standard head-to-head five by five uh you know, I think that steals kind of can be, in Roto, I, I would have definitely focused on getting more of a steal guy in my sure. first two picks. Um, and, um, but in head-to-head, I'm okay with that.
1: So the, the second question is really just about what strategy did you have going into this? And the follow-up of that is after going through this draft, uh, what do you think will be your strategy in, in March? So
0: uh, I am of the Nick Pollock school where uh, I, I wait on pitchers. I take all of batters early So many successful um, pitchers <laughs> um it's probably like if i had to choose one thing that i would do to you know stay competitive and have uh, an edge i i i feel like i i'm good at taking high upside pitchers um you know follow a lot of guys who have a website you know to rank pitchers <laughs> and identify uh those later round gems and i think there's a lot of upside that you could take. Um, in later rounds and you know pitchers pitch once every five days um if that upside play isn't working you can kind of move on from from those picks earlier on i could i feel like uh, i'm more comfortable churning and burning with middle to back of the end rotation starters rather than hitters with so um i think i shied away from that a little last year like maybe because I started playing a lot more industry leagues and starting pitching's bumped up so much. And I kind of adjusted and said, you know, Hey, I need a top 10 pitcher. I need a top five pitcher. Right. And it's just not something that's my strength. I just don't play as well that way. So I wanted to focus on bats early. Um, I took a pitcher a lot earlier than I was planning on, but uh, we'll get into that too. It was someone I think fell a lot short further than they should have. But Mm -hmm. My main strategy was bats early high upside pitchers in the middle to late rounds.
1: And is that still the same mentality? And uh yes. is there certain like positions that you found that oh man, I need to be attacking that now?
0: Even for yeah, for for hitters, I feel like if uh, I I went two outfielders right away, um mm-hmm. and I think if you do that one of, you know, short sec one of the infield positions is going to be iffy. For me, that's second base and probably first base. I I, I, I like the first base when I took. Um, not to get into spoilers, but I feel like maybe I could have spread the position, you know, wealth around rather than taking two outfielders. Uh, yeah, my first and you G6. also took
1: you third in the fifth round too.
0: Yes, yes. Um, yeah.
1: But uh, so let's, let's jump into that then. So uh, you had the ninth pick overall. And, uh, you know, just a c- small counter to what you were saying about liking the eight through... Uh, 12 spots is, uh, there are, you know, for example, I imagine like Jordan Alvarez was in the middle of the second and I imagine he was one of the guys you were considering too. He, I was to considering him
0: ready. at, right.
1: at my first pick. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So if something like that's going to happen, then once you want to be higher up because then you get a better third round, but then it kind of goes, well, then you get a better fourth round and we got to kind mm-hmm. of figure out where the thresholds <laughs> yeah, yeah, are yeah, yeah. on yeah. everything. Right. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the fun of this is we start to establish when we expect guys to go and where mm-hmm. the the ranges are. And, uh, you know, always to me is like, how many pitchers are going to go? Mm-hmm. Only three pitchers went in the first three rounds. One in the third and two in the second, which is annoying. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I don't, I don't think so that'll you, be the don't case. don't as many hitters that I want. I
0: don't think that'll be the case for, yeah, for most rounds I think this is, this is uh, I mean, we do this without ADP. I also like that it's unbiased. Like I'm not right,
1: exactly. We don't have we don't even any have the rankings.
0: Yeah. 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 It's, and, and I feel like I, I feel like I build a better team that way. And maybe it's mm-hmm. a, it's a little lesson learned that I should take. Like, Hey, like stick more with your own rankings with value and ADP in mind, but you know, um, trust, trust who you want. And just because a guy's going in the second round doesn't mean that you, you know, you have to, you have to take him there. You could, take a guy that's just you know adp right. is in the four if you like him
1: exactly example uh so uh all right so so you took uh aaron judge as your ninth and i'll be honest with mm-hmm. you i was tempted to take him instead of kyle tucker mm-hmm. uh but at the end of the day i was like all right kyle tucker is i feel getting better and better he's mm-hmm. um he's unbelievable and he also provides more stolen bases doesn't have the same injury risk that aaron judge has thus i didn't do it still I mean, 37 home runs in few games, essentially for uh, yeah. for Aaron Judge. He was, I think, closest to the pace that he had in 2022. Even um, 106 games for 150 uh, for 37 home runs is absolutely bonkers. And you can say anything you want about the Yankee offense um, with Aaron Judge in it. He will get runs in RBI galore. I mean, he's he's essentially a lock for it if he gets 120 games. Um, 125 he should be flirting with 100 runs rbi and each and 40 home runs again um so uh, that's a pretty straightforward pick to me
0: yeah i i agree um i'm also glad it wasn't like a a lingering soft tissue injury or something like that like he ran into the wall at dodger stadium he hurt his toe and you know uh it got better over time. He didn't need. He doesn't right. need surgery, which is also uh, a nice, a nice, uh, a nice thing that to to count on him at least going into next year. I would still, you know, I think it's wise to account for at least one IL stint just with how many injuries he's had in the past. But it doesn't take 162 games for Aaron Judge to provide exactly. full value. Like he basically yeah. was, you know, one of the best hitters, and he played you know 50 less games than everybody else this year. Um, there, there was a few players I was considering, but I, I, I think Judge just like, you know, uh, Tucker, a big reason why I like Tucker um, is because you can kind of pencil him in for 30, 30, a 280 average at least and close to a 900 OPS. Judge, you can do the same thing just without sort of the games like he's going to hit 35 homers, have an OPS above 900 and get runs and counting. Stats when he's in. Um and you know uh th- there is the replacement value right especially in a 12 team league for for when someone does get hurt so um it's not like you're getting a zero when judge is gone
1: uh, right exactly so. um and yeah there's something to be said of course always generally when it comes to 12 teamers injury prone guys should be pushed up higher why mm-hmm. because the replacement mm-hmm. value is higher um in those situations might as well get the quality um while you can um Second round, you back that up with Juan Soto, who and Juan Soto, honestly, is someone that I think we just kind of, I don't know, we, we have a lesser opinion of Juan Soto in baseball in general. And yet, 97 runs, 35 r- home runs, 109 RBI, 275 average, and just a 12 stolen bases. I mean, it's not like <laughs> it's nothing there, too. Uh, I seems like a very safe play here.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't planning on it. I was considering Soto with that pick. And then the fact that he made it back to me, I was like, all right, I, I just have to go Soto here. Um, uh, I, yeah. I, 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 I couldn't pass it up. I know that we've talked about it. I think last year, I think maybe I took one Soto too, and you and I specifically talked about it, how the amount of walks takes away from some of his value in a standard sure. five by five league where there's not yeah. OBP, but he sort of counteracted that with Getting his counting stats back up to what you expected from like first round Juan Soto um, to have the thirty five homers and the twelve steals, mm-hmm. um, the highest ISO he's had since the shorted shortening season. Like there was concerns about his power as early as like April and May this year, right? And this is right. like is Juan Soto a bust already? Considering he had the slow second half, he did have a back injury um, in twenty twenty two when he went over to the Padres, so maybe that played into it a little bit. Um, sure. So I really don't have concern about Soto. And I think that, you know, I know it's more soft analysis and there's not really much to this, but Hey, look at what judge did the year before he was heading into his free agent contract. And, sure. And, and I mean,
1: yeah, there was a question of how much did MLB help with the, uh, the ball? Yeah. By. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Still. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and Soto has been betting on himself though, essentially since he's like came up to the big leagues, right? Like the nationals right. tried to extend him, forever so if there is any player that's going to want to have a big um year before heading
1: into free agency it's uh yeah no i get that completely one uh all right i mean that's a pretty safe one to me i have no qualms whatsoever obviously I uh, is um it, it's uh it's a question as we we're talking about before about positional eligibility yes right? so yes uh so we'll see um but i, I think maybe
0: i would have done like trey turner juan soto or like um jordan or jordan or right, but you don't know or, if one of
1: those two are going to come back yeah would you do yeah. that with bryce harper
0: yeah yeah i think i will uh, not in the first maybe uh I, I, i'm I, I feel like it's
1: well no if you're Harper's, going trey turner in the first oh
0: got it yes would you yes, be okay with yes. harper instead yes. of soto
1: or judge return to you
0: yeah i think so and sure I would have taken Jose Ramirez, but he went to pick before me to sort of right. get and that, that speed Jordan aspect, in as well. yeah. So,
1: yeah. so actually, it might be a good plan to say, like, cool, I'll get one of those stud outfielders yes. maybe in that second round, and
0: mm-hmm. if I go
1: for a trade Turner, but then again, maybe those two guys go before, then you're left with Olson, <laughs> Olson, um, Otani at DH, yeah, Jose yeah. Ramirez. I uh, I think I'm okay with that too. Three. Okay, cool. Yeah. I think I'm okay. Um, Austin Riley, I mean, he's not so bad either. Oh yeah, for sure definitely considered Uh, cool so let's go to your third round pick and because Jose Ramirez Austin Riley Gunnar Henderson and Rafael Devers were all taken uh, the best remaining third baseman was Manny Machado Manny Machado 75 runs 30 home runs 91 RBI 258 average only three stolen bases so this is actually a little disappointing of a season for Machado Uh, still because there is a drop-off from here um, the next third baseman taken I believe was either I don't think Bryson Stott on his third base eligibility. He might. If not, then uh, Alex Bregman, Royce Lewis, and Josh Young. Is that why you jump for Manny here? It it
0: is. It is. Um, I I wanted to get a get a corner at least, um, before um, my next pick here. Um, and it it was definitely a disappointing season for Machado. He did have surgery. I think like. The day after the season end ended, mm-hmm. he had tennis elbow that he was battling all year. And he's one of those guys that, like, I think he's been on the IL like once or twice his whole career. I remember in 2022, he hurt his ankle and people when they initially saw it. Like, they're like, oh, man, he's done for like the year. And he didn't even right. go on the IL. He missed like close to the full amount of IL stint, but he just refuses to, to he plays hurt. Um, mm-hmm. More often than not, uh, or right. or more often than others, so I think that that you know may uh, help the the batting average next year. I um, mean, still had thirty homers and was pretty good down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you know, uh, I think that it's a fine like Van and I call it like a parachute pick. Like take your take your third baseman and throw out the parachute before that position falls off a cliff.
1: Well, I like that a, para, a yeah. parachute pick. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. I. Uh, it makes sense to me. I think you'll probably see Manny around. They're probably pushed into the fourth, honestly, because I think you'll see. Um, I think depending his on how his,
0: how his recovery goes too. they said like a four sure. to six month timeline. So if mm-hmm. it's like, oh, Manny is ready for opening day. Like, yeah, you'll go around here. Right. If it's a few weeks in, you'll probably be be, bump, be bumped down. Sure.
1: Um, so fourth round, you did go for your first starter. Yes. Uh, and that is Corbin Burns. And Corbin Burns to me is SP number five. And I see uh, six others drafted ahead of burns that is Gosman and gallon were the two so i also kind of see there being a teardrop at this point and i think fourth round corbin burns you might you might get a seal of approval from me you might not i don't know (laughs) i feel like you should um i keep going back and forth on corbin burns um funny story with him he uh he was our i've said this before on the podcast but he was our um Barometer for if our PLV projections were good or not, because his strikeout rate was so much lower than everyone else's. Like, we were supposed to have a 30% strikeout rate for Corbin Burns, but we were saying like a 24%. And we're like, no, banging the table. And that's kind of what he had, like a 25%, 26. And we just ran them again, like uh, the, the first iteration. And yeah, he's back to like a 25%, 26. I'm <laughs> like, that's okay now. That's fine. um How do you feel about Corbin Burns for next year?
0: um I feel like this last year is sort of the floor. And if that's my first starter in the fifth round where I was not planning on taking a starter, I think honestly, if, if, if Burns went in that little cluster of Castillo Wheeler gallon, if he was one of those names, I don't think I would have taken a picture there. It's just, you know, this is Corbin Burns. We've seen how good he can be. Um, I think there has to be a little bit uh, of, of positive regression with the strikeout rate. It is concerning mm-hmm. that the swinging strike rate dropped with it too, um, but it's still pretty good at 12.2%. Um, but I, I think that there has to be a little bit of improvement just based on, you know, the last three years of what he was able to do um, in the strikeout rate. But if there isn't, I'm still totally okay. If you know, I have, Corbin Burns from this year with a, you know, uh, a a twenty five and a half percent strikeout rate and a three ERA for one hundred ninety three innings. Yeah, that's the so. thing,
1: right? Like, I I consider this a down year for Corbin Burns, but still three thirty nine ERA and one oh seven WHIP. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really good, and his total strikeouts were two hundred. Uh, the question just about the skill set is, uh, I wonder if the cutter is going to be anywhere close to the seventeen percent. Swing strike rate that it had in 2021. It's lost the tick of velocity since then. Um, It didn't have nearly the same O swing. Guys weren't chasing out as much. Uh, There are those elements that really do make a difference. You can even see, too, the the ground ball rate uh, dropped 10 points, which really says to me, cool, this pitch is not as deceptive down um, as we used to see. Um, A little more uh, high location this year. Um, Just a little less precision overall. But also uh, the the curveball and the the changeup were not always there for Corbin Burns. Uh, this used to be like a forty-one percent CSW pitch. It dropped to thirty-seven, which meant that its strike rate was just fifty-six percent, which is not what you want. You want this to be all reliable. Hey, I need a strike right now. Let's go and get one. Um, its zone rate was just thirty percent, which uh, is a little shocking, and especially considering he throws it sixty-one percent of the time. Sixty-one percent of his curveballs, I should say are early in the count and not in two strike counts. Uh, so I'm not, uh, I'm like weirded out by that. I'm also weirded out by the changeup going down to just a 16% swing strike rate um, from a 21% uh, back in its day. So there are things with Corbin Burns that are, that's weird and it's not, I'm not saying that he can't necessarily fix all of it. Like the movement profile of his cutter really isn't very different. Um, it's very similar spin rates. It's very similar XY movement. Just maybe a little bit less velocity. Uh, is that really so bad? Um, I don't know. I wonder if like he gave in at times because the curveball wasn't as reliable. And the changeup had to be more of a zone pitch than it used to be. And because of that, it got hit a little bit differently or maybe not. It's, like, uh, it's just he was figuring it out. And I hope he's okay. That's all I'll say. I hope he's fine. He should be fine. It doesn't get worse, right?
0: No. I, I hope not. Uh, I'm much more comfortable because of the fact that I took this in the fourth round rather than the second or even the third, um, just because I, I built the the foundation for offense before that. Um, and, hey, I think this is something that, that you say a lot too, right? He has a lot of those weapons. If one of those pitches takes a step back to where it was, right, that, that's that's super helpful. Like, right. there's a lot more. There's there's several paths back to aced him for, for Corbin Exactly. In my mind.
1: 100%. So all right, let's uh let's continue on here. Uh we have in your fifth round um is that third outfielder as I mentioned and we're going to talk about him, Jazz Chisholm Jr. after this break. All right, Jazz Chisholm Jr was your fifth round pick and a little interesting cuz I don't believe he has infield eligibility, does he? he is that
0: he doesn't he does he does not. He does oh not boy. He is strictly so you have three outfielder's outfield. just out yep. of the
1: way and I'll, I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you, Steve. My philosophy when it comes to getting hitters in in 12 teams, especially the number one position that I can fill in season is outfield, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously utility, but three outfielders in 12 team leagues. That means that's 36 um, guys uh, are on teams. And sure, you'll say like 45 or so. You have some utility in there. But generally, if you need a third outfielder, there's all kinds of guys to go and get. So I don't like filling up on them early. Middle infield, first base, third base, kind of harder to make sure I get that exact one. Uh, so what had you going after Chisholm saying, no, I don't care about all that. I'm going to get him.
0: I, I just thought he was the best all around player. Um, I kind of threw position eligibility out of the window.
1: Unbelievable.
0: Um, yep. 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 <laughs> um, just, you know, uh, the, this is a, a big ask, but I think all he needs to do is stay healthy. In 97 games, he had 19 homers and 22 stolen bases. He was only caught three times. Um, sure. There's some concern with the strikeout rate, but I don't think I really need to count on him for, for batting average, uh, having, you know, judge Soto and Manny, uh, Machado ahead of him. So I'm okay. If he still strikes out, you know, 30% of the time, um, I got him because I want him to hit dingers and steal bases. And I think that's what he does when he's on the field. Um, it's a big if when he's on the field. Um, but yes, overall, I just wish. I wish someone else jumped out at me from a different position like Mm. like Jazz did. Um you know, Matt McLean I think went a few picks after, which is nice and I like Matt McLean, but I don't know if I like Matt McLean in the in the fifth round. Um I just think the power speed upside of Jazz, despite me filling up three outfield uh spots, um Was too tempting for me And yes I do agree with you That you know in 12 team it is uh, It is easy To find replacement players for for Outfielders but I also think That You know the waiver wire for outfielders I think While there are startable Players I don't know how good a lot of them are Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's It's a shallower position Than you may think Um, Just because you know, people you are doing people that with their third outfield there, spot more too. So, yeah,
1: than yeah. others. Uh, what is interesting, I'm kind of looking at the uh, the draft. I haven't really done this yet, and I, it really got me thinking. We were talking more about where are our thresholds of quality, um, and I, I see that everyone kind of did shift to starters in the fourth round because. Mm-hmm. Because, right, I mean, after in the third round, it's Vlad Jr., May Machado, Randy Rosarena, uh, Michael Harris II, Bo Bichette. I mean, these are really like, okay, cool. We feel good about these guys. We're not dropping any of these. Um You have the four-starter run go in the beginning of the fourth, Gallon, Wheeler, Castillo, Burns. Adelise Garcia, great. You're, you're not going to get rid of Adeliz Garcia. You got to get him. Mike Trout, I even understand because, you know what, it's health mm-hmm. with him and his quality per game is still insanely good. There's O'Neill Cruz, which I think is... You know, Scott Chu already said that it was a, it was a reach, and it's still an interesting one. Don't get me wrong; I would love to take a chance on that, but it's also—I don't know if that's really that. I'm still wondering if my Christian Walker pick was good or bad. Um, I think it's good. I like his skills, and I think I think it's better. good. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I needed that. In my seal of
0: approval. Um, there you go. Yeah.
1: Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Schwarber, for example, I understand completely. It's an average mm-hmm. sink, but my gosh, the power and production is massive. Um, nolan jones is everybody's favorite guy Mm -hmm. but i think really actually at starting that nolan jones pick is where there's that shift of of production from hitters um and so maybe kyle shore at the end of like the yeah these guys should Mm go higher i mean you have nolan jones christian yelich bryson stott um cj abrams lane thomas who i think i could have waited a lot longer on um, but I didn't know I did what I'm doing. It's a hitter. And uh, uh, Cedric Mullins, uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt honestly should have gone earlier, I think. Goldschmidt, I think being, so.
0: He was pretty disappointing as someone who rostered him in a lot of leagues this year.
1: Very fair. I think of it as the uh, hitting value is interesting. And I, I like some of the other guys. I really like the one you got as well. Um, still... I was debating Goldschmidt and Walker and realized mm-hmm. that kind of like at Walker was really the last one. I kind of felt like, yeah, this is what he's going to be. Um, like Goldschmidt could get worse. Tor- Torque, which is your next pick in the sixth round. Um, I liked too. I thought maybe. I mean, it, it, it speaks a little to a fluky pick. But then again, such pedigree and skills development, and all that kind of stuff. It does make sense. There's Tristan Cassis who went in a little bit early. There's Vinny P. Uh, Pascantino, there's Spencer Steer, so on and so forth. But so I I would say like Goldschmidt's probably more safer, really, than a lot of those other ones. Agree. Josh Naylor, Christian, um, and Canastino Strand. All I'm getting at is uh, one of the major purposes of these podcasts is to really figure out targets and places to to go after stuff. And if I find myself in the fourth round um, and Adelise is gone, Trout is gone, Walker's gone, and Schwarber's gone, I am going for a starter, likely. Um, I uh, I might have done that. I actually kind of I was going to take, for example, like Pablo Lopez in the fifth, mm-hmm. uh, and he went right before me, right. Um, so that this is just kind of me feeling out the flow of of players and like, cool, when do I go in? When do I come back out? That kind of thing. And so here you are in the fifth, going after Jess Chisel. I understand that you didn't like. Any of the hitters really available but you still felt you should not go after another hitter or sorry pitcher after corbin burns so i kind of like I, I didn't give you the seal yeah. approval for burns because i'm like i still think there are some hitters that are there but i i think i would
0: switch taking a hitter in the fourth mm. and then i love like every pitcher that went from like round five to like eight
1: ha, so Right, and then just go crazy i right? think
0: that I'm going to take like the first even even maybe in round five go go hitter in the fourth hitter in the fifth and like round six to like 10. Just yeah. take all of my starters yeah. uh, maybe I, spread more position or pitching position eligibility around yeah. in the first five rounds and then like because all of these name, like every red name all the the stickers on this draft board are, for pitchers are, are red. The starters are red every red name in, in, in like the next five to six rounds like I'm like yep I like that guy I like that guy I like that guy Um, I think this is the sweet spot to take pitchers and I'm going to load yeah. up in in these rounds
1: I I purposefully was like I am not allowing myself to draft a guy before seven I mean Pablo <laughs> Lopez is like fine I'll do the fifth one
0: yeah but because
1: yeah. I mean he's my number six overall and it's like mm-hmm. okay yeah fifth round, you bye. gotta take my face uh but after that I was like all right Nick you gotta just keep going after hitters uh it's oh it's interesting. Uh, this is the fun part of all this stuff. So when it comes to Jazz Chisholm, I understand that you are chasing the, uh, the stolen bases, the home runs, the, the dual, everything. Um, I don't know if I would go for him because I think his injury track record is too annoying and it's the mm-hmm. fifth round and I feel like you need something more consistent. I think it's a big that.
0: deal that he lost the second or shortstop eligibility too. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's um, really, that hurts a lot.
1: and especially considering the, uh, your lack of middle infield. Um, really, yep. just anything but outfielders. <laughs> uh, emphasizes that I might have gone outside, but the thing is, at this point, there really isn't a fun target. Uh, with with hitters, I no. uh, it's like a good four and a half rounds, and then nope. So, it yeah, even emphasizes more of the the pitcher strategy. Maybe you just go here five, six, seven, eight, bam. Yep. As we there start off our jazz big band, I mm-hmm. uh, five, six, seven, eight. You just go all. All starters. Okay, so sixth round, you're like, okay, I'm going to get my guy though. I'm going to get Spencer Torkelson and talk to me about him.
0: Yeah, um, I feel like you know Scott Chu, uh, he brought up earlier, has been big on Torkelson since you know the beginning Forever. of last year. I mean, he's a he's a, a Tigers fan. Yeah, he's a Tigers fan. You know,
1: yeah, but he's been huge in it.
0: Yep, this even since spring training, I remember him rolling out some of those PLV rolling charts, yeah. um, just with his decision value and power. Um, and that, that played out in the regular season, not necessarily right away, more so in the second half, but I mean, he sneakily finished with 31 home runs, had 19 of those in the second half. Um, all of the underlying metrics, all of the quality contact metrics are really, really good. Um, the PLV rolling power, um, metric oh, man, is it just, insane in the it's second just, half. A, it's just a mountain up. Yeah. Um, you know, Crazy. it is a tough ballpark. Um, but. I think that he is a good enough hitter that he will be a good fantasy first baseman, um, despite playing half his games in uh, in um, What's interesting
1: about Torque is that his decision value kind of trended down as the season a went on. A little
0: bit, yes. I was looking um, at it started that started as
1: Elite, and then by the end he was league average. Um, but uh, I mean, it was a lot of jagged lines for Torque there, which I think I, I I treat decision value kind of um, uh, like a almost like a max EV. Of Hey, if you can sustain this for a decent amount of time, like a thousand pitches or so, um, that shows that it's there mentally. Um, like you have the capability of of seeing the strike zone and making the right decisions. And then it's just focusing. Then it's just um, having the right game plan, being still in it. And I couldn't understand an argument of like the Tigers kind of not caring as much later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you had that and- peak mountain in the second half and then it fell down um, the final... Uh, and keep in mind also, power is on the BBE chart as opposed to the pitches that is the um, decision value. So it's not quite one-to-one throughout the entire season because you might be walking more. You might not be actually making contact more. Um, so I think that was a little bit of uh, how that worked too for Torque.
0: agree. And I think that maybe, hey, he started to like come into his own in the second half and maybe it was about... I don't need to swing at the perfect pitch every time. Maybe uh, that that sort of led to it. Um, but right. you know, the 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 raw power is definitely there, and I think he's yeah starting to become um, the hitter that you know was selected first overall. In,
1: in yeah, round. his uh, his contact ability too with his uh, with Torque's really nice decision. Yeah, value. it doesn't swing
0: and miss that much. I think it's like yeah, league average. it's, above, it make good it's above league average. Yeah. I mean, he did dip yep.
1: in the season too. Uh, mm-hmm. Being around closer to 25th percentile, but by the end, I mean, we've seen moments where he's not. I and mean, when he had that elite decision value, like it was above 75th percentile and contactability, mm-hmm. so it's there. Uh, and I think the 233 average should improve, uh, moving forward for Torque. Uh, so excited to see how that plays out. I'm really curious. Uh, and yeah, as, as first baseman go, like he's going to have like a 35 home run season with like 100, 100 or something like that's there. If you mm-hmm. can really lean in on that, those good decisions, and I also want to believe that the Tigers will be better next year. I have just have this feeling of like the pitchers are coming back that are good. Like Mize is coming mm-hmm. back. Tarek Scoble gets a full year. You have some interesting stuff on Sawyer Gibson, Long, and Eduardo Rodriguez, hopefully not being hurt. And Reese Olson, uh, maybe Matt Manning is better now and consistent. And their hitters are getting better. Like Riley Green is getting mm-hmm. better, and so is of course Torque. And I don't know. I uh, you know i uh, parker meadows maybe something's there like we'll see uh, i but, i like uh, when
0: the tigers are good so i'm, I'm yeah right that's, that's, that's fine yeah. i just
1: want the al yeah. central actually both central divisions to actually be elite divisions yeah. please because mm-hmm. everyone else is there mm-hmm. um seventh round is Yandi diaz the average winner in the al the 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 batting crown i should say mm-hmm. And this is a de- decent balance with this Torkelson and Jazz Chisel pick because you actually you were saying before you had a good average. I mean, as far as last season goes, Amatya was like 260. Um, yeah, Juan Soto and Aaron Judge, neither of them are above 290. Yep, uh, true. So you actually have a legitimate uh, average boost here in Yandi.
0: Definitely. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm so used to like. Yeah, 260-270 is a good average, but maybe not necessarily in, in fantasy just because that's sort of the, the way batting average trend has gone over the last decade or so. But Yandy Diaz is definitely a good average hitter. And a reason why I like this pick is because he finally did what we were screaming for Yandy Diaz to do, and that's you know, bow of the ball more. Um, he had a career-best bower rate at 9.5%. Um and that led to the what 19 homers he had uh this year or was it was it 21? Uh know. 22 for Yani 22 25 so. runs, 0 stall yeah.
1: bases, 78 RBI and a 330 average.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't I, I don't think he'll ever that's probably the ceiling for for homers, but with a guy that has his hit tool and hit for average like he does and his quality of contact anything really about 15 homers is a win for me. Um, he does have, he should have first base and third base uh, next year. I think he made six appearances or played started six games at third last year. I so know. that should carry over um, again. I'm like you, uh, I'm pretty sure on the Yahoo eligibility, just not a hundred percent yet, um, mm-hmm. but he did make six play six games there. So he should have third base too, which is a nice little one base, one B three B eligibility there Um, especially considering my you know torkelson and manny machado coming off surgery is my third base option so a nice backup there but he finally started to hit some more homers and dig into that power um he still hit a ton of ground balls but he eliminated pop-ups and traded that for Mm. line drives and some fly balls the fly ball rate was still just around like 20 percent, so not great but you know, the the pop ups from 6% to 2% is a big deal because the pop ups just, it's like a strikeout rate. Right? of course. Um, so uh, I, I like that a lot. And, you know, he, he had what? Uh, you know, an OPS above like 920. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty wonderful. Really, really I mean, good.
1: Yanni Diaz's um, ICR, right? Ideal contact rate um, up to 43%, which is 80th percentile as opposed to the 30, uh, 39 or 40 we had. And then it was like 34 in 2021. So there are elements to like there um, with Yandi Diaz. The launch angle went down, but as you mentioned, that is more in the pop-up variety. Mm-hmm. Uh, he essentially cut that one in half to make it 93rd percentile, just 4.4%, which is good to see. Um, but uh, that really is just what the drop in fly ball rate is, just fewer of those pop-ups. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely a fan of that uh, for, uh, for Yandi. And yes, we do separate out infield fly balls with fly balls um on our player pages because obviously that just makes mm-hmm. all the sense of you anyway uh, we are going to move on from there i don't know if i'm going to go from yandy just to, just as, to be clear because i hate going after like a singular focus guy i don't think he's going to go for like 93 runs again or 95 but uh, if his obp is 410 then maybe he is at the top of that order um, it feels like a peak season, season for Yandi. You're not getting sure. stolen bases. You probably aren't mm-hmm. going to, as you mentioned, you'd be fine with 15 home runs, but it's not really going to be a big power swing. It's not going to be a big RBI swing. So you're generally going with run production and average swings, which is fine. And it's about team construction and all. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a major target, but uh, I can see that certainly working out. And also, for everybody listening, I don't think you know this, but my whole strategy inside of head-to-head leagues i do not focus on stolen bases and average as much as others i think there's more variability week to week in those formats and uh essentially if you put average as like i have a 270 average you have a 20, uh, 260 average that's like a 27 percent chance of a hit versus 26 mm-hmm. which is so small it's one hit really in 100 right so that to me is why i don't chase it as much as the other foundational things of home runs runs and rbi but uh i i I understand the big swing of Yanni Diaz is a huge factor. Um, and uh, it makes sense given everything else is like Brian Hayes and Max Muncie, who we don't know where he's going to go. And Jake Berger. Um, and he's your first baseman. Now, who, who? What is he actually? Because you have Manny Machado at third. You have Tork at first. He is essentially my first
0: utility player. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Um, all right, well, eighth round, you didn't do that. You got a, no. uh, a shortstop. That would be Xander Bogarts making his uh, first year debut in San Diego. 83 runs, 19 home runs, 58 RBI, 19 stone bases, 85 average, in 155 games. And we're going to go more in-depth on Xander Bogarts after this break. So Xander Bogarts makes his first uh, appearance in the Padres uniform, and it's only 58 RBI, which is startling, Crazy. to say the least. Uh, close to a 2020 season. It is for all intents and purposes, uh, an 80-83 runs and a 285 average. Very boring of a season for Xander Bogarts, but I have to imagine, I mean, now that Trey Turner, Bobby Witt, Bo Bichette, Gunnar Henderson, Francisco Lindor, Corey Seeger, CJ Abrams, O'Neill Cruz, all of these guys are off the board. Matt McClain. All that's left really is Xander Bogarts, right?
0: Yeah. All, all of these picks essentially from six to eight. Are, are like oatmeal position eligibility. <laughs> I need to fill these spots, which, you know, maybe if I didn't take three outfielders in the first five rounds, I didn't have to do this. And I could have taken some pitchers that I liked in, in this, mm-hmm. in this area. Um, so that might be a lesson learned, but I also think that Xander Bogarts is a fine consolation prize and a fine charting starting shortstop, um, you know, close to are that you, 2020 are you season. The like same you
1: said. RBI production. I mean, he was essentially <sighs> batting lead off for the Padres, uh, it is a little disappointing to see just 83 runs and 50. RBIs.
0: Yeah. And it was disappointing as a whole for the Padres, right? I would imagine right. they have to be just a little bit better just, you know, by sheer luck. Right. Um, and guys in the first year of a big contract. I mean, look what it did to Trey Turner for the first three months. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm a big believer in that guy's press, especially early. And Bogarts did have a really good, uh, August and September. Um, if I remember correctly. So, um, you know, once guys get comfortable, they, they they start to perform more like the back of their baseball card. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this is, if anything else, this is a, a good average floor. Like 285 was the lowest he hit since 2018.
1: Oh, wow. Um, quick numbers here on uh, Xander Bogarts. His decision value was absolutely elite for the first month, actually. And then huh. really fell down as the season went on um, at, at some point around like his... I would say around July, um, July, August, he was well below uh, 20 percentile in a decision value. Um, and then he got back a little bit closer, made better decisions um, closer to the end of the season, but was actually well above average, uh, above, sorry, under league average by the end. His power was just completely sapped. Um, we're talking like 10th percentile of power. Dealt with a wrist season. injury
0: like he always uh, does every year. And fantastic. I believe he had surgery. Okay. Yeah.
1: Good. Yeah. Uh, and then his, uh, his contact ability, though, Is is always uh, incredible. Uh, And by the end, he's uh, still making contact. So to me, that was not making good decisions. um, But when he was still be still making contact with it. And so the skill of contact is good. Then that's more of a mental thing. And we know that he Mm -hmm. can be better at making decisions. And it could be a thing also with a wrist injury. He felt like he needed to do more. Um, and overextended himself. I can understand that narrative. Team struggling too, trying to, right. to make up the for whole that, mentality yeah. not there. I can absolutely buy into Xander and Bogart's improving on this because the raw skill set's still there of mm-hmm. uh, you know, low K percentage, uh, uh, low walk rates, which I honestly, I love that combination. Um, <laughs> and I uh, I don't want to, I mean, it's nice to see a cool you have high walk rates, generally means that they make uh, that they're smarter at the plate, but decision value, I think, is more important than uh than necessarily high walk rates mm-hmm. and what i mean by that is you see Kevin biggio sure he takes all the time that he wants but when he's swinging is he actually doing damage with that the best centers of the game that are the ones that do have a decently high walk rate but also when they swing um they make contact and they make contact well uh so i i get it i mean i don't know where i'm going to be having xander bogart's personally uh come draft season just because I'm likely going to be targeting a shortstop well before him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in 15. Which teamers, maybe
0: maybe that makes a good value for him. If, if people are targeting shortstop, um,
1: also overall for the season, the ideal contact rate for Bogart's very low 14th percentile could be obviously weighed down in that final month or so based on the wrist injury. Um, still not great. And that does showcase the uh, decision value versus contact ability. Um, difference, right, um, is showcased in that. So uh, you want him to be making better decisions when he makes that contact, right? You want him to be on swing uh, swings on pitches that are easier to hit, thus you will generally have better contact. Uh, but yeah, so here he's in the 8th round. Seems fine. I know I haven't given you a seal of approval yet, um, and if I were to, if I had to say, like, there's one pick that I really just like, honestly, Judge Soto is so good. It's a really It's a nice start to... Uh, right the question is just can you um form a team around that effectively Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't know uh i i I, this is one of the cool parts about this right is yeah uh, what positions do we need to have a heightened uh approach for or not and uh, i always every year i've always said like i do not want to get stuck chasing a terrible second baseman the entire season Uh i don't want to play that game and um yeah, I'll rather have elite pitchers that are, are hitters that are not in the outfield for those reasons. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, this is a fun run of four starters now. You're like, okay, I have one guy. And uh, just to give you a heads up on like, hey, what's Nick thinking at this time in the in the eighth round? It's like, I don't know, man. And anytime I don't know what to do, I go and get a closer. So we got Josh Hader, right? That's what I did because it was just, I have no idea who I like at this point. I want to see what everyone else does with their starting pitchers before I decide mine. So I did Hater just to give an idea of like, first closer versus Xander Bogarts. That's kind of where we were at at that point. Ninth round, you go for Justin Verlander. This is going to be an interesting draft season for Justin Verlander. You're going to have people that say like, well, he's just been so consistent. It doesn't matter. You're ageist. There are people like me who are also like, yeah, no, I am not going to be holding this bomb when it goes off, right? I'm not going to be playing this hot potato game. And Justin Berliner to me has showcased the skills of degradation. He showed it last year. He showed it more this year. And it's just going to get worse in my view moving forward. However, it seems like, Steve, that you are a believer.
0: I am, but I really wanted Cole Reagan's here just to talk about yeah. Cole Reagan's with you. You can talk um,
1: about instead if you want.
0: <laughs> and I also immediately regretted taking Verlander when Bobby Miller went two picks later.
1: Uh, I I don't know how I didn't notice that he was uh, yeah, same, not there. Same, I took same. I mean I took Joe Ryan who's not really that different to me, but no, I, I like would rather too. have yeah. Bobby Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. my buddy, of course, Eric Smolsky got him um, mm-hmm. with OTC, and I'm just like, I thought he was gone, I uh, and just wasn't like essentially a seeing like Scherzer, Musgrove, and Verlander. Or no, what was it like seeing like Cole Reagans go and Logan Gilbert go and Yamamoto go? I'm like, there's no way Bobby mm-hmm. Miller's here.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we Let's just think sort it, of like, forgot yeah, about know. him. Uh, maybe he wasn't even in the draft, uh, or way buried down since this is technically. Right, we don't have any 2022 ADPs, ADP. Guys.
1: We're seeing, yeah. we're seeing 2023 April ADP yeah. in our clicky uh-huh. draft which by the way, huge thank huge shout out to quickly draft. I think it's the best and simplest I love quickly draft draft format. Um, mm-hmm. I found it years ago and no one knows about it, which stinks. Everyone should, because it's just the easiest quick thing to use. So totally thanks to them for keeping it open for us. Um, uh, but yeah, Justin Verlander, uh, tell me about him.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I, I also don't hate <laughs> Justin Verlander. Like, I think it's a very mm-hmm. fine oatmeal pick, like, you know, 160 innings, uh, of a mid three ZRA. I think I can count on that. Um, sure. The strikeout rate might not be close to what it was um, during his like Cy Young years last year and in 2019 when he had a 35% strikeout rate, but Hey, he's just in Verlander. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he creeped up a little bit towards like mid twenties from that 22% that he was at this year. Um, you know, it, w- it was a tough year for him to start with the Mets, um, like right, right, right out of spring training, uh, he, he missed his first start and was sort of behind the eight ball. Then, got going a bit here with Houston after the trade. Um, it's a comfortable environment. I got to imagine that he's just better overall, um, being back in Houston for a full year, um, next year. So, um, I, I, am yeah. not in love with the pick, but it, it's sort of like a, an oatmeal-y medicine sort of, this is my number right. two starter. Okay.
1: Um, there are a couple of reasons to be concerned. Uh, swing strike rate his forcing, which has been his bread and butter all of his career is now officially underneath 10%. Um, and meanwhile, the 2018, 2019, the old Verlander, you know, that was like a 16% pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, strike rate came down on it as well because of that. He's just not getting the same O swing. He's not getting, you know, he, he's not even thrown in the zone as much as he used to. Um, at just a uh, 49%. Meanwhile, the slider, which was also like the big oh boy, watch out, twenty percent plus swing strike rate stuff, nineteen percent twenty twenty two helped him survive, but down to just fifteen percent this past year. And it's not really a product of like worse locations; it's just not as good of a pitch. Um, and that this could happen when you're forty. Yeah. Um, and then uh, then you have the curveball that used to be this uh, more of a strikeout pitch, I would say. Um, than it is now. I mean, put away rates back in like 2018 was like 30%, just 17% put away rate this year. Uh, he didn't really excel with it um, as he has before. So 10% strike right rate on that. It, it all is showcasing, hey, this is not the consistent picture of, of yesteryear. And I'm not going to say to you that um, Verlander won't be good next year. No, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, You're not going to dislike having Verlander. Likely, it's just it was a 21, 22 percent strikeout rate, and we might see that around 20 percent with Mm -hmm. like a 118 WHIP and a 370 ERA, and you'll get some wins because it's the Astros. But I don't want to chase that. Um, I think I think also we won't necessarily see over 160 innings, and uh, it just doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't compute with me of this land of so many good starters i would rather have chris bassett uh than verlander arguably right it's like the same thing though what they provide yep i get it um and uh, bassett went in the 14th which is also not not kind to him Mm -hmm. um that was a steal if you ask me um but i but yeah so that that's not i'm so i'm just like wow i I need to give you a seal of approval and i will don't worry Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) i tanner bybee uh in the 10th round um, is not Cole Reagans. And by the way, do you how much do you believe in Cole Reagans? Because I know you wanted to talk about him. I, I agree with you that he is a top twenty pitcher next year. There we go. You hear I, I might have him at twenty one, just so you know. Okay, like, that's fine. I thought oh, you had yeah. him at nineteen.
0: Did you have him at ni- yeah, like Twenty one or nineteen? Maybe
1: yeah. I moved it. You moved it. Uh, I think he's twenty with like Nola at eighteen or something. When okay. I was doing it on Monday before we before it was live, like on the live stream, he was at nineteen. And then there's I,
0: nothing about Cole Reagans that says to me that he won't be a really good pitcher next year.
1: <laughs> I mean, he maybe the walk rate a little bit,
0: but he just yeah. like, you know, I, I remember being on all those live streams that you did for all of the stars. Like, like, yeah, this like, is it's just, yeah. Like he is good. Like what right. else do you need to see?
1: The beauty of watching a guy as opposed to just seeing the numbers, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, just the biggest thing about Cole Reagans, uh, there are like, absolutely ways that does not work a the royals are the royals and their management Mm -hmm. isn't good and they do not have good development um and help and i've said this before like a player goes to a team learning something and they go to a bad developmental team they will not fix them um when things ultimately do get go out of whack in some way right uh, so hopefully Reagans has contacts with him, with his people at Tread Athletics to help him in season. Mm-hmm. But I don't have any faith in the Royals. Also, their defense is bad too, and the management pulling him too late in games. Oh yeah, um, that happened like the last things four starts of the be. year. Unbelievable. Yeah, so, many. Yeah. so many. I think there's it really cost
0: me a big playoffs big. in, in, in yeah, one of my playoffs. because
1: yeah. they left him in on the Astros game, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, then there's also the fact of, I don't know, like the, one of the hardest things that we do is, okay, this guy had success and he deserved all of it. Small sample uh is he going to be able to do that again it was like mm-hmm. 77 endings i think it was of him has starting. had
0: tommy john twice 1.5 1.5
1: uh, 1.5 because it was a bad first one like he got, got tommy it, so they john redid and the surgery it surgery was bad so they redid it which redid i it. i take it as like that's not as bad as oh, totally agree. he had a good yeah. surgery and then like he's still in a way that means he's going to get it again right yeah yeah. Um, but of course, um, surgery to bone twice, fine. Mm-hmm. Uh and then I uh, then the other aspect, yeah, is again, is the same is he gonna have the same feel and command? That mm-hmm. was the thing that really nailed it for me, was just like, oh my gosh, like he's just spotting what he wants to do all the time. And that last game against the Tigers actually did not look good that no. was the worst start i think i witnessed save for the well, Cardinals he one. he
0: fell right on the mat, the start before that Jays
1: that. one no that
0: was the jays one yeah okay and then the next i don't know if there was a start in between the jays and the tigers the astros one. astros but... was okay there and he was good in the astros they pulled him too late yeah okay so ask, that that eases my concern a little well. bit like I, like right. you know it was almost like a rick and situation like knock on wood yeah everyone was worried case. about there. i was like this is yeah. not Yips, guys yeah yeah this isn't yeah.
1: just like literally like the mound he is slipped on the mound yeah made. the yeah. mound was bad yeah um, um but yeah you see like six walks two walks four walks four walks you realize that there were three walks he wasn't pulled in that toronto game there were two walks he wasn't pulled in that houston game yeah and there were uh two walks he wasn't pulled in that tigers game yeah so anyway that's cole reagan's uh because i wanted you said you wanted to talk about him so there you go i did,
0: I did. i'll always uh, embrace now hopefully going to be on a lot of my teams next year i'm willing to find yeah out. i, I, I i'm there. just
1: a little worried i like i'm going to actually probably put logan webb above him because i'm realizing that like there is more risk in reagan's than there is in webb and yeah it's and easy, easy like, to
0: with just how exciting reagan's was it's easy I to know, brush that risk under fun. the rug i'm
1: waiting I, i'm gonna yeah. i am waiting i am got to i got to talk to foco and get me another bobblehead for reagan's what do you want what do you want to send me You'll send me Mets. <laughs> overalls this time, whatever it is. Give me a Christmas <laughs> sweater of the Yankees. I'll, I'll wear it and promote it on Instagram. Just give me a Cole Reagan's, Cole Reagan's. bobblehead. Please. <laughs> I need one. Can I even go to you and say, can you make a Reagan's AGA one, please? That'd be great. Uh, I'll see what they can do now. Um, we're going to keep going here. We're going long on this. I do not care. Tanner Bybee is your next one. And I, I, I say this a lot. Actually, um, I'm starting to do something. I haven't told anyone this. Uh, Steve, is I actually started to create a, a note document that is Nick Pollock's philosophies on pitching. And it's kind of like, when I'm watching, you watch those Cole Reagan games with me, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I often, you know, I talk about sequencing. I often call sequencing snake oil because it is very much of like the homeopathy of like, uh, is there really a scientist? it's harder to quantify. I'm just kind of saying things as I go and like, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but then what were the percentages of that happening anyway? Like, is it real that I'm actually be able to predict these things and whatnot? But you've seen me actually call these pitches live. Yes. And you know I'm not just like snake oil, false salesman, right?
0: No, you're you're calling pitchers pitches as it you know what you want them but to do and follow, how you think it'll be successful.
1: And you can follow why I'm calling them, yes. right? Yes. And it oddly works, right? One hundred percent. Isn't it nuts? So what I'm doing is as someone uh, who plays
0: as someone who plays MLB the show, like you sequence in MLB the show, like
1: right. You, and, you but use it, I mean, a pitch to set up
0: another. Yeah,
1: it's harder in MLB the show because you actually don't get the body language correct sure. that you can see sure. on the mound. Sure. Um, and also, like in MLB the show too, I mean, how you treat the next right hander is the same as the previous right hander. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. So like the actual individual doesn't, you know, matter as or much. Or you you treat the, the player,
0: the player, the right. you know, the guy who's control which is one person, right? right? Like
1: well, yeah. yeah, but you understand, right? So, yes. I actually started making a note document of when I'm actually watching these guys, what what are all the tells that I have to dictate sequencing so I can actually quantify all of this. Um and it's going to be my fun thing of like I'm like debating what to do with this. Cause one, if I put this like out publicly, I'm just going to get completely pitchforked and there's going to be everyone. Cause it's, it's, it's one of those things that like, I can't, I can't do that because there are gonna be people that just say, this is ridiculous. This is wrong. Yeah. This is stupid. You know, and I'm just going to get burned without anyone really applying it, which is fine. Hey everyone. I'm listening on the podcast. This is fun stuff. If you want to see all that, um, I encourage you to reach out to me on the discord and I'm happy to share it. Uh, I, so I don't know how to utilize it. What I'm actually going to try and do is there's some really smart people I know. And I'm just going to make like, look, here is my philosophy on it. The This is all it. This is from pitch types to what you are as a pitcher to all of this kind of stuff, like what your skills are, how you should be utilizing those skills. And then tell me where you would disagree, you know, or at least take these things, watch a game and tell me what's you know, if this actually like these rules work or not Mm -hmm. and without, without someone who's biased like me or something, the reason I'm saying all of this right now, everyone is because none of it applies to Tanner Bybee. And why does it not apply to Tanner Bybee? Because Tanner Bybee is a pitcher who battles himself, not the batter. And it drives me insane. I, that is the number one foundation you have to have for me to really be in on you as a pitcher. Tanner Bybee, I don't think has that level of command to surgically encounter a hitter and really be like, okay, cool. First pitch you're going to throw a fastball inside, then we're going to throw a slider down and away. Oh, I missed that one. I'll do another one. That's fine. And then because of that, that reaction, I'm going to throw another slider there, or instead I'm going to go fastball inside, and there you go. Like watching a game with Tanner Bybee drives me insane, Steve. But why do you like Tanner Bybee Because there are things to like, I understand. <laughs>
0: I, I i like the stuff um mm. i i think that there is a raw picture in there that yes there is definitely a cherry bomb aspect and i get why um you know all of that what you're saying is valid um but i think that the stuff could lead to the results that he that he had this year sure it may not be um you know uh, an ERA under three. Uh, I I would expect a lot There's closer no to what his I his indicators shot. are at three six, three five, um, maybe even a higher uh high threes ERA. But I think the stuff is there to get at least a strikeout an inning. Um, not have a crazy high walk rate. I like think it was still seven point seven percent. Um, which isn't great, but isn't bad. And I think that there's, there's some upside, like, you know, the, the Royals uh, are, are, are one thing with pitchers the, the guardians are the opposite. Um, and if there's anyone that's going to get the most out of him, it's, it's the Guardians. So, um,
1: so that's interesting. I've actually, I've had a lot of thoughts about that because um, I think that's the consensus, right? Mm-hmm, uh, I've definitely. heard that a lot, from a lot of people about like the guardians being this really good pitching development uh, team. And, I have some pushback um, because I think the Guardians are a really good minor league development team. But I don't know if they're a good major league development team. We've seen routinely a lot of guys arrive and be something out of the gate and they never really get better from there, right? They uh, they don't have, um, they don't really... Like Danny Salazar is a really good example to me. Oh, I uh, love just, Danny Salazar. I you're know hitting I you. You're too, hitting, you're and, hitting, you're hitting a soft a, spot with yeah. me for that. I know. Me too. This is my own soft spot here. Um, but I, you know, for example, the 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 fastballs never improved with a lot of these guys, yeah. and their approaches were them I never really liked either. Um, Bieber showed up with both of those breaking balls being good. Um, mm-hmm. Corey Kluber pretty much had both of those being good. I uh, Carrasco showed up with a slider and changeup looking good. Um, Trevor Bauer did all of his things on the side and sick mm-hmm. stuff and everything. Uh, Mike Clevenger did his stuff on the side. It was already good when he arrived. Um, so I I don't quite buy in the idea that they are going to fix elements of Bybee. I could mm-hmm. be very wrong on this, um, but I haven't seen an example of a bad pitcher coming to the Guardians and improving.
0: I, I I would push back a little on Bieber, right? Like he mm-hmm. he was this command guy um came up and was solid like you know mid three zero, right and then I know it wasn't an insanely long peak but I mean he did win the Cy Young and then was right a top pitcher for you know 3 years or so. But like you said, I don't I think his fastball became like usable and more because of the command and when he was throwing it like 93 and 94 rather than like the guardians did something and said, Hey, like we improved this a lot for you. It was more it was right. like, okay, you got by with this.
1: Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, a slider and, uh, and curveball were both really effective pitches right out of the gate, especially that's, the slider. That's what, um, that's
0: what, that's what I'm a sucker for.
1: Uh, And uh, right. So yeah, I, my whole philosophy has always been now, I mean, really has changed the last two years of four seamer, first um, breaking ball, second, second, second actually really, Odd. We don't really have too many um, starting pitchers who have a slider and a curveball that are dominant anymore. Um, it used to be all the time. You used to see like two ridiculous swing strike rate pitches. Um, yeah, breakers. Carrasco
0: was was was.
1: I mean, yeah, that was that was a changeup, yeah. right? But yeah, like Beaver yeah. is the perfect yeah. one. Um, yes, beaver. Corey Kluber, you could say, was another Kluber. one. Yep. Um, and I'm trying to like go through now of all the top pitchers: Strider, no; Cole, no; Gosman, no. Snell. Yeah. I mean change up, yeah, ball slider yeah, yeah, yeah. is like maybe, but I mean I don't I don't have him inside the top thirty. He won the no, first round. No. We'll talk to Van about that yeah. one. yeah Um Logan Webb, no. Uh Corbin Burns, no. Um I'm gonna say the cutter is a four-seamer, essentially. Yeah. i uh, Castillo can, but it's like slider change. I'm I'm really looking for slider curveball now. Um Wheeler, no. Gallon, no. The cutter's too inconsistent. Tyler Glasnow, yes. Um slider is everything. Curveball is one of the hardest pitches to hit in baseball. So Glasnow is one. Mm-hmm. Um Nola, no. Pablo Lopez, no. Change up slider uh sweeper fastball. Like you understand what I'm kind of getting at. Yes. It's a rarer yes. breed now. Yeah. And maybe Yuri Perez is starting to do it. I I don't I this is actually kind of funny to me. I didn't realize this. Um, Joe Musgrove, when he's at his peak, good. Cole Reagan's actually cu- curveballs, m- more of a, just a show me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kyle Bradish is the other Um, that I would say, okay, cool. He's trying to do it. My point is, it's kind of rare. And when it comes to Tanner Bybee, he doesn't have it either. It's a slider. It's a 66% strike rate slider. It was only a 16% swing strike rate. And I think that has to do with his command of it. That was just kind of shotgun blast a lot um i really hate seeing sliders that miss not only up but also arm side consistently and that to me is someone that is still really figuring out a slider i would much rather see sliders that are all grouped but the same area like bobby miller's and i believe that cool you are at least consistent with this your smaller tweaks you can make but when you see a guy who's just like throwing a slider and it's just like nope oh my god boy um so i don't know i'm I'm pushing back on. Bybee, just because I don't think the four seamer is that great, it's a sub ten percent swing strike rate. Slider is everything for him. Changeup did better than it should based on its locations, in my view. But uh, I, have, I've just stolen this entire thing again. That's okay. Tell me more about Bybee. Um, no, I, I, I
0: guess I'm a sucker for the slider and and the upside starts. While well, you know, a little bit discounting the cherry bomb nature of
1: he of, wasn't is the fun part. Like, yeah, that, that's yeah, like. I could be overlooking this is often what I do is I look at results and go, eh. You know, he only had a uh, one game uh, above two earned runs uh, starting on august second. Yeah, I feel like he, just, did, he did have he did his to get down the stretch. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Insane. And I'm just like, no, he's not very good. And everyone's like, Shut up, Nick. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I guess I play you know?
0: towards more of the results, which may not um
1: no, that that's a blind spot of mine. So, yeah. uh, so I, I mean, he had a, he had a point eight two homer
0: it. per nine and eighty percent left on base. Maybe there, there's some regression regression in there. Um,
1: uh, it's possible, but yeah, I'm curious to see how Bybee develops because I remember do seeing moments where he had like I just like, remember working, you know, like, four seamers I, are up. He wants to do that. Curveballs for strikes. Changeups are good. Sliders for good. Like that I work. didn't
0: have many shares of Bybee last year for whatever reason, mm-hmm. um, but I just remember like. Whenever I watched start or or saw oh, his final line, I'm like this guy's good. Like he got good results. Yeah. Like he, it was just good. That that was what yeah, this right. pick no, was. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um. So his Sometimes teammate is the one you went for next, yeah. who is Gavin Williams, who I actually like slightly more. I think maybe not. I have them back to back on the list. I go back and forth about like, do I want to just like say like, all right, to be fine, um, and he'll you know have that consistency in the curveball to. M- to get those strikes whether the changeup will come down the four seamer maybe it could be in better cuz it does have good vertical break. We'll see. Then there's Gavin Williams and he has a better fastball. Um maybe a better slider? Um but a curveball that had a 50% swing uh called strike rate or sorry, just overall strike rate and not a good changeup. So, which of these I mean clearly you like Bobby more than Gavin Williams, but you still like Gavin Williams here.
0: Uh yeah, I think I like Gavin Williams upside maybe a little more. Um mm-hmm. I think that they're could be a really nice strikeout pitcher in there. And I sort of fell in love with him um, in that August and September stretch where, you know, he had a 12 strikeout game. He had a 10 strikeout game. Um, sure, there was there was one or two ups, one versus the Dodgers, um, a three-run run game versus the Tigers, which wasn't great. Um, but then he finished decently strong, only gave up, uh, you know, w- w- zero, one, or one run in three of the four starts. So, um I think that there is a, a pitcher who could who could rise a lot and take a big step forward next year. Um, you know, maybe maybe that's not the case with the Guardians not being as great of a pitching development at the major league level. Um, but I still think that there is a great raw talent here with Gavin Williams, and that he could be like a over, a, you know, a strikeout operating type of guy with a, sure. a good ERA.
1: Yeah, I think that once Gavin Williams gets a little bit higher in his four-seamers, so only 57th percentile in high location, uh, I think he has a lot more in because that's still a 12% swing strike rate. And that, to me, is is everything with him. His slider can be a little inconsistent, um, but he still had a very solid swing strike rate on that at 16%, which is a little bit better than Bybee's. Um, I thought I would see closer to 12 or 13 to see that. It's like, oh, man, that can turn into a much better one especially if he's getting those four seamers higher up um, and the curveball needs a lot of work uh, he's missing poorly on those um, and he just can't it feels like he can't quite get the release point on it um, correct so because he's missing more east west than he is north south um, with it which is kind of strange I uh, normally you don't see that with curveballs as much um, so there's some wonkiness going on there maybe he was just trying to shift it or move around with it I'm not sure but uh, but regardless, um, yeah, Gavin Williams, I think, does have some very intriguing uh, upside. He also pitches, uh it looks like to me if I see this right, uh, his first percentile in in uh extension on I'm sorry, no where he is release point horizontally. so i'm I'm trying to get this right. Is this saying that he's closest to third base? I believe so. So he's like super on the third base rubber, um, which is kind of interesting. Uh, I'm sorry, the first base rubber, um, which means he's more straight than usual. Um, if you're on the third base side, then you are way angled, which generally should speak to more consistency and command um, and being able to locate better when you see guys doing that. Uh, so, interesting thing to focus on with Gavin Williams. I think 11th round, Gavin Williams is pretty dang solid. So, you're going to get a cease, uh, seal of approval there. Nice. Um, that's your first one. I think yep. it's. 11th round, Gavin Williams for a guy that could honestly, you're like, you're not going to drop the entire year. I would be really surprised if you felt like Gavin Williams was just failing you. Um, And I generally go for my biggest thing to go for if you want one lesson of Nick Pollock through the year is just look at all pitchers and say, who are the ones who I think are going to go every five days? Don't 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 tally the amount of innings, just the number of innings. Just are they going to go every five days of the year? Are the team ever going to stop them? Gavin Williams, no, they're not going to do that. And does he have a floor that I'm okay with that I feel like he's going to have that like I wouldn't drop him? He has that. And does he have the ability to become an SP one, S P two? Uh, and Gavin Williams has that. And I think that's that's what you're looking for as much as possible. That would have gotten you George Kirby last year. Um, with that philosophy uh, mm-hmm. that would have gotten you Zach Wheeler and Sandy Alcantara in previous years um, and I think it's honestly the the best method you can have I found myself going further away from the but is ceiling kind of guys because if he does not have that foundation of consistency already it's really hard to figure out if they've developed it in season um, and that's that's a weird thing so 12th round 12th round gets weird Steve as mm-hmm. I, I can't believe rolling in the 12th round this is all my fault because okay. uh, we anyways.
0: can we can we can zoom through some of the hitters uh, uh, uh
1: yeah uh definitely. we don't need to uh but yeah. Mason Miller very interesting one this gets to be the point of like okay guys I think we're going for our players at this point and yeah. you love Mason
0: Miller I love Mason Miller why um because I'm a stuffist and there's no better stuff in baseball in <laughs> my opinion um it just looks so so good despite the lack of innings at every single yeah. level. Uh, you know, I, I would be shocked if he throws more than a hundred innings, but hey, uh it's gonna be fun having a hundred innings of Mason Miller if he if he gets there. I just think he is that that good. There is the so stuff much is electric.
1: Yeah. what's kind of hilarious is if you actually just like look at the pitch repertoire numbers, it's not that impressive. Um, Like it's 11% swing strike rate on his four seamer. It's a Mm -hmm. 17% on his slider with just a 56% strike rate. The cutter is a 10% with a 58% strike rate. But he's the perfect example, Mason Miller, of if you watch him and you see how kind of this really small sample of 33 innings, how he had moments of just struggling. And when it clicks, when he's in those moments of things working out, oh my gosh, it is just so fun um and I, I remember seeing him like throw like sliders and cutters perfectly at the bottom of the zone to get like blue jays hitters when they're just expecting something else it's just, yes execute the pitch that they don't want and if you nail that then you will get the out you want right so obviously i'm going to push back at 12th round because yeah it's probably there's little, no I, like, I, yeah. there are so few worlds where that value works mm-hmm. um where he pays off at that point but i also understand you're just like whatever I want Mason Miller on my team. Exactly. That's I'll be honest, everybody listening, wrestling. you can probably get Mason Miller in like the 20th round is what my expectation is.
0: I think there'll be a little bit more hype with them than It's that.
1: because of the innings, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, and also there's going to be some confusion about how the athletics treat the rotation. Sure. Now, if sure. he's just demolishing in the spring and is clearly like their ace, yeah. then yeah. you'll probably see him around like the 16th or 17th yeah um but i i would be i implore everybody to suggest uh i suggest like you darvish or chris bassett um nathan Yuvaldi, merrill kelly uh, tristan mckenzie these guys above mm. mason miller sure sure um definitely but we're gonna move on here and oh yeah like brian Wu. oh man i got brian wu later on in that one and, yep. yep. and Carl Swedan's yep. even there okay uh jd martinez was the 13th round you still do not have a second baseman. I do we'll get not. to that in a second. But mm-hmm. you're like, I can't pass on J.D. Martinez. Why is that?
0: Um, Just because I think there is a big hit on J.D. Martinez. Even when it was prime J.D. Martinez. Um, it was like the David Ortiz penalty. Like he's just old, doesn't really have a position, clogs up utility. But all he does when he's on the field is hit. Um, and that's what he did again this year. Um. Mm-hmm it's it's my second utility spot it's a two utility league which i think you know helps a lot like get two of them um it's a lot easier than than just clogging up one position um but i mean he had you know an 893 ops 33 homers like this was close to vintage jd martinez um, right sure the average i don't think will ever be above 300 again but i don't i don't really care at this point like he strikes out a lot more but these just dingers Martinez. That's what he does. He just has dingers.
1: <laughs> um, fantastic value this year. Problem. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be on the Dodgers again. Uh, he's a free sure. agent now.
0: Uh, he's a free agent. Okay. I am really, yes. really, I really hope that he resigns oh, that.
1: I, yeah, he was batting yeah. fourth, fifth, for the, one of the best offenses in baseball. Yep. Thus, the yep. RBI totals were 103. He was able to get uh, 479 plate appearances, and that's incredibly efficient in that time, of course. Mm-hmm. Strikeout mm-hmm. rate went up all the way to 31% um and homer fly ball rate was 29 which is absolutely bonkers it's back like the old days of the tigers um with that mark yeah so i you know I, I see essentially a peak season uh for home runs and rbi in a very good situation that he won't be in again obviously certain skills are degrading here um and there's just a lot of confusion about playing time and he also endured this, injuries this year uh I'm not going to be going after JD for that. At the same time, I think JD is going to fall farther than this. Sure. And he yeah. is a solid later round one. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. I forgot your 17th round pick is so good. Okay. Um, 14th round is Zach G I think that's how you pronounce his name. Yeah. Big guy off the waiver wire in the second half. I actually remember being on the live stream once as I was saying, guys, who should I pick up? And someone mentioned G and I didn't go for it. And I should have, he had 14 home runs and 14 stolen bases and just, under 70 games uh, for the Athletics, uh, kind of interesting here uh, at second base. Here, you finally found somebody.
0: Yeah, and like you know, the, the big thing on him was oh, uh, the strikeout rate's super high, but and he struck out just 27 percent of the time, which isn't that. Well, that bad.
1: used to be a death sentence. But yeah, these days, yeah, that's okay. It's thirty cl- you know, percent now is Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, he was an exciting player, and I think sort of. It, it's a fine line between getting caught up in just looking at second half splits because it's a smaller sample and you can get burned by that. And uh, Van and I have talked about that on our, our podcast a lot. But with Gayleff, this is all we sort of got. And it was pretty good. And it was good in the minors. And I don't see why, you know, he can't be a 250 uh, 2020 guy next year. Um, and I'll take that for for my second baseman uh, in the what fourteenth round.
1: Yeah, his um his decision value and his strike zone judgment was elite in the beginning, and then really fell off um in the final month. Um, and with that, of course, went his contact ability, um, with his uh his power as well. Actually, it was okay. I think, if I remember correctly, it yeah it came back a little bit, um, back up to like close to the seventy fifth or eightieth percentile. Um, really, it's just about again, we've seen decision value skills, strike zone judgment skills that are there, then it disappeared. Um, I'm obviously now having my own theories about this, so we'll see uh what Kyle Bland can tell me about the consistency of those. Yeah, um, maybe the, the league that, adjusted that, a bit too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah those, those peaks and those valleys, which is mm-hmm. the one that we should buy into more yeah. um, when we see them. Uh, but. Yeah, Geolov could be a very interesting play next year, very sneaky. I think you're going to see him much higher in your your 15-teamers um, because, yeah, he's going to be su- a surprise stolen base, actually a surprise 2020, even 25-25 mm-hmm. threat, you could say, with just 300 uh, plate appearances um, this past year. Also, as I mentioned with the Tigers, generally these clubs that are bad for a single season and have a lot of young guys that they give chances for are to get better the next year. Mm-hmm. I imagine we're going to see that a bit with Oakland. Yeah, they're going to um, have no
0: reason to not play right
1: uh so taj bradley is your next one prototypical cherry bomb here 559 mm-hmm. era 139 whip 28 carry but let's be honest anyone that just looks at taj bradley and says oh he is a bad era and whip i don't want to touch him does not understand the full story uh please tell that story to our listeners steve
0: uh yeah this is another just strict like I go for upside starting pitchers at this point, and that's what Taj Bradley is. Uh, by strikeout and walk, uh, you know it was close to twenty percent, which is a nice threshold for me to sort of be able to throw out that five five nine ERA and, and one twenty two WHIP. Um, he may have a bit of a homer problem to give up close to two homers per nine, but um, as he matures as a hit, as a pitcher, uh, I think that's something that you know uh good pitchers figure out and a guy that struck out this many years uh at all stops across the minors and then 28 percent in 104 big league innings this year um i'm willing to bet on some improvement for Taj bradley um i you know uh maybe this has more of the risk than the profile that you see you know you say are they going to go every five days um you know maybe not because it's a raise and there's been some injury history um can they be like an SP one or two? Like I think Taj Bradley has the stuff to do that.
1: Yeah. I'm not, I I found myself really hating on Taj Bradley because I feel as a fantasy manager, it's gonna be really hard for us to recognize like, Oh cool. I can trust him now. Um, he is a prototypical cherry bomb in this way. Mm-hmm. Why I'm moving away from Hunter green and Dylan cease and Nick Lodolo and so on. And uh, I like your next pick more honestly, because Taj Bradley's biggest struggles are, uh command of his pitches, his stuff is great. His four seamer on its own is actually really good. It's one of the like a 96th percentile PLV. So that's stuff and location. Like he keeps it up and does good things with it, throws a good amount of strikes, but it's that's a pitch that should have a higher swing strike rate And it doesn't because his other stuff, his cutter and his curveball, are just not reliable at all. Um and a lot of these problems that he has are just mistake pitches. Um it, it's not a fun time. With these ICRA on the cutter is 30th percentile. ICRA on the fastball is 17th uh, at 48%. So there needs to be more of a focus on locating everything else. His hit luck, to be fair, is plus 16. That is about 16 more hits on his four seamer than anyone else. Now, I think that's a product of batters being able to sit more on that as that's easily his highest strike rate pitch. Um, and the cutter just staying up as well, which means that guys can keep an eye level upstairs and just take advantage of that as much as possible. While the curveball, yeah, sub right at 60% strike rate, but it would go away at times and then not come back well. And, just, ugh. and the change up is not a consistent pitch in the slightest. So there's there are things that are good. I would be surprised if Taj figured it all out. I think he went in the minors. Because they knew his command was bad, yeah. it wasn't even mm-hmm. the the innings, I think it was just a game he command, he was it?
0: doing he was doing well at that point too when it was kind of a shock. it's like what's going on here and they kind of uh were justified by some of the later performances um
1: yeah there. it was so, um it was on the you know, he only had three games, and uh right at that point he had six earned runs with uh with twenty three strikeouts for Taj Bradley at that time mm-hmm. he had three wins as well, however. This curveball command was terrible. Yeah. His cutter was a little lower the place and his forcing was what got him through those things.
0: And, and the Rays are not a an organization that just looks know, at results. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and if and if if the results were bad and the process was good, they'll he would stay up. It, right? they, yes, they'll keep at it. If the results are good and the process was bad, this is what what right. happened. Yeah.
1: I think that's what they were saying there. Um, mm-hmm. But I I understand why you want to lean to it. And look, the Rays are an organization that might be able to fix it. So yeah. Yeah. there is some hope there. Um, they, they take
0: guys with one good pitch all the time and, and get a lot out of it. Right.
1: right. Uh, the biggest yeah. thing that I find myself uh, wanting to avoid, though, is banking on overall command to stick in as opposed to, say, one pitch. Sure. And tweet. Sure. Yeah. or improved like i can see clear paths for example like bobby miller's sliders just come back this way or so mm-hmm. i can understand that logan gilbert's probably gonna i know he's gonna be tweaking his four seamer um like i know that's happening joe ryan i know is going to be tweaking his uh secondaries right um cool i believe more in that and the fastball mm-hmm. command of joe ryan is there so when it's overall command i'm like yeah i don't know if yeah. i'm gonna buy yeah. into that we've seen that happen though i just want to make sure that's clear but uh i have my worries about taj uh but i like hunter brown more and uh hunter brown in the 16th round is pretty sneaky here
0: yeah i think that you know the poor second half uh, hunter brown the beginning of the year was like there was like rookie of the year conversation like he started off really well like was this big prospect that came up last year at the end of the year did well and i you know i think he was going much i think he was going higher than the 16th round last year yeah um if i recall correctly and You know, sure, some of the surface numbers don't look great. It's a ERA above five, but I think overall, you know, again, that K minus BB is pretty good at 27% strikeout and just 8%, or not just, but 8% walk. Um, That tells me that there's a much better pitcher under the hood than the five ERA that he was this year.
1: Yeah, the interesting thing about Hunter Brown is what was his approach? Um, He was figuring it out. He had initially a Zach Gallen approach of staying low with the heater and getting called strikes area, 23% called strike rate this year on his four seamer, 92nd percentile. But then Hunter Brown decided, you know what? I'm going to try and do the Blake on blueprint. And I actually do ultimately think that that is the way to go. He only has a 10% swing strike rate on that four seamer for the year. However, he does have good vertical movement on it. And I think that you might see him utilize that approach next year with the slider getting down lower. He's actually doing a good job of keeping a slider glove side a lot. Um, as I was talking about before, Hunter Brown doesn't really have the giant shotgun blast of sliders. He actually has it more condensed on the glove side, but he needs to come down a little bit more. Okay. While the curveball is generally low, uh, it is a 65th percentile low lock. He did have a lot of mistakes up in a way, which is um generally up in arm side, which is something we traditionally do see from younger, younger guys figuring out their curveballs. But I think we're gonna see improvement on Hunter Brown. And you're also gonna see uh the um the the Astros are one of those development organizations that I actually do believe in. So I feel as if this 25-year-old who's going to have a lot more uh now has 156 innings in the majors behind a good defense, a good offense is in a really nice position to win a lot of games, 11 this past year and bring that ERA down from 5.09 to sub 4s with that 27% strikeout rate probably living um, hyper nine at nine is probably going to come down as well. So, I I like uh Hunter Brown. I think there's a lot to go after here, and I think you're going to see a change of approach that can really make him better. So, silver prove over sixth round, Hunter Brown.
0: Thank you. I I sneakily hope and and that people focus more on the icky surface stats with Hunter Brown rather than yeah. seeing a a young, in, intriguing prospect going through some growing pains and you know improving off that. Uh, I like Hunter Brown uh, a lot this year.
1: And just for reference, everybody, I have Hunter Brown at 48 and Taj Bradley at 62 on my list. Okay. <laughs> um, and this is the one I love. I I was going through my uh this, the the Streamlit app that is the the PLV hitter ability metrics, and I realized something that there are these really interesting players. Oh my god, did he not get drafted? He must have. Did we not draft him? Oh my gosh, I should have drafted him. I'm an idiot. No one drafted Dave Schneider. Okay, fine. Um, uh,
0: yeah, no, he should have been drafted. Definitely. I so, have drafted. Someone threw him out in uh, the considerations. Yeah, so so, so what I chat.
1: noticed is um, those that have good decision values, low contact, and really good power are the guys that can actually develop and be better in future years. And Aaron Judge, for example, has a 70 decision value, 35 contact, 80 power. And Schneider has a 70 decision value, 25 contact, and 70 power. Maybe that's 70... Or the 25 what is, is too too ridiculous. What is this Austin Riley? Guy, uh, Austin Riley, his uh, his power is... I have it sorted by power, so I uh, could get okay. to the guy. 60, 45, 65, so, right? Yeah. Yep. So same kind of idea there. Mm-hmm. Now, your boy that you picked here, Nolan Gorman, in the 17th round, has a 55 decision value, 35 contact, 75 power at mm-hmm. second base, and 27 home runs in just... 119 games for Nolan Gorman, 32% K rate. But the decision value is there. If the contact improves, I really, really like this pick in the 17th round. Seven stolen bases
0: to boot. Um, oh not yeah, nothing. he's only 23. Only 23. Um, big prospect. Struck out a lot, a lot. It reminds me a lot of pre-breakout Austin Riley. Uh, Mm. that's why why i asked that yep um yeah he had that thing is strikeout He had twenty seven home runs and 76 rbi yeah 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 um all the way through yeah i I think gorman is is a is a good pick i mean he was hurt too um so Mm. um i i think a a nagging injury too like there there was points like in the beginning of the year where uh I, i remember Nolan Gorman, I think, got tr- traded straight up after after a hot start for Mackenzie Gore in one league that I was in. Oh man! And like it was looking like a super, it was still a great trade, but it was looking like you know. This guy just traded a potential first round bat for like April when he was hitting like close right. to 300 and mashing all those homers. Um, it obviously
1: didn't work out that well, but it was still a great trade. Yeah, I don't want Mackenzie um, Gore. So, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, there's a cherry bomb for you. I don't believe the yeah. approach is going to get better. <laughs> Nolan Gorman to me is someone I want to be targeting always. I would have him in my utility spot. I would feel it if I missed out at second base, even, I'd be circling Nolan Gorman as my backup power. And then I would be maybe even shifting. Uh, two more of a speedster type in those opening rounds. If I felt mm-hmm. like Albies, Semi, and Altuve were off the board. Um, so I- I'm a huge fan of the 17th round, Nolan Gorman. I'm circling seal of approval there. You went Reese Olson, 18th. Um, and one thing that was interesting, I was on the triple play fantasy podcast yesterday. I love those guys, David Mendelson, Doc, and Little Cheesecake. Those uh, had the best time. Definitely go watch that on YouTube with them um or listen to the podcast. We brought up the Tigers and how they kind of have six guys right now with Sawyer Gibson Long and Olsen looking like the potential five. That is with Matt Manning, Casey Mize, Tarek Skubal, and assuming that Edward Eduardo Rodriguez does not opt out, which is interesting because I don't know who the Tigers are going to go with, Reese Olson or Sawyer Gibson Long. Um, it could be Sawyer Gibson. He threw 103 innings this year, 399 ERA, 112 whip, 24% carry. It doesn't feel like he should be the one out it might even be sorry gibson long that is but let's say he starts how do you feel about him uh pretty good
0: um i think it's a nice back end four or five kind of what he was this year in a way um you know it, it was a high three zra but but 24 strikeout rate like i'll take that in 100 innings uh if he does get a starter role like you know over, over 150 innings uh you know sign me up for that um now that you said that maybe the tigers seem maybe they could make a trade uh one of those young pitchers for a bat um oh man maybe about a team be interesting yeah that, that would uh, be interesting I mean, but, what are they
1: going to get from out manning these days yeah
0: the, it would have to probably be <laughs> one of the more interesting guys though. you know uh probably
1: uh, not joey wentz and faiado uh by yeah. the way stealing some starts so it really does feel like it's sawyer gibson long game the shaft because he's only about 20 innings or so and results in yeah. just 303 so, those that were drafting Gibson Long high, I did not take this into account when I did my rankings initially. Yeah,
0: I did. I, did, I didn't have. have.
1: And uh, it was something we just kind of all figured out. And he went in the 14th round, and it's like, mm, that's going to be really annoying to deal with. But who knows what happens until then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, With Reese Olson, it's a good slider, 20% swing strike rate. He throws a 31% of the time. The, the drawback is this changeup can be filthy. It was not consistent, it's 54% strike rate. And that means that he's a sinker. Well, he's a fastball slider guy where neither his sinker or four seamer are big with pitches in any way. These are pitches that he's trying to jam a lot. Um, Sinker, I really do enjoy that he does go inside with it. He needs to go a little bit more, only a 28% O swing on it. Um, And it makes for a guy that is too... He needs something else that's consistent. Um, And Reese Olsen, good slider again... I don't think he's going to have a 112 whip again. I don't think it's going to be a near seven hip or nine. I think that was very fortunate for him to have the 255 BABIP. It, it, he's not that kind of guy in my view. Um, I hope it works out. And I'm very curious to see if he can maybe gain some more velocity. He's at 94.8 on the 4 center. Maybe that can fix that a little bit. Maybe the changeup can become more consistent. But as of now, the fastballs are too weak to me. And there isn't another elite secondary for me to be that interested um, I hope to be wrong here though. He was he was a very good streamer for us down the stretch. Yeah, he me? was. He what He really was. Um, we have five picks left, and it's Logan O'Hop, P. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with the with the Angels this year, fourteen home runs, twenty nine RBI, zero stolen bases, but it was just fifty one games and twenty three runs, two thirty six average. Why'd you go O'Hoppy? We had some other options here like Mitch Garver, Cal Raleigh. <laughs> I was like waiting for, for those
0: catchers to go like even like you uh like like Alvarez uh Francisco Alvarez went later Sean Murphy I think went I'm like all right I'll just take like I like all these catchers like I'll just take mm-hmm. whichever one is there and like they're all still there I'll just take the guy that I kind of like the most just because I think he has the most or maybe with Alvarez the the most raw power uh at a catcher position he hit 9 home runs in September um Wow. He had five home runs in in April um, before he had that really scary shoulder injury that caused him this sure, basically, yeah. you know, the four months of the season. Um, but this guy just has massive, massive power, and I really catcher is someone said it in the in the chat during the draft. Catcher is just so deep this year. There's so many good options, but I really like Logan Ohapi. I just think you know, 14 homers in 51 games is right crazy.
1: Yeah, he, he, to me, is empty power. Um, decision value is not good. Um, contactability is not good. Um, and both of those, you got to have one or the other. Because then you can use the other to to mm-hmm. get better at the other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but power is good. And uh, I hope to see Ohapi really come into form with it. I mean, yeah, 14 home runs in 51 games is not a joke. Um,
0: he never really struck out that much. Uh, yeah, at 24%. Minor league level.
1: I mean, still 38th percentile. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But again, also 199 plate appearances. I feel as if you give a longer season with those, he would strike, out, a still more. Still yeah. strike out more. Yeah. Um. Last uh, Last four picks. I realize you don't have a closer. I
0: don't. I don't.
1: So you have four guys. I. I'm, I'm taking all as closers here. Is my view. Um. Even. Uh. Sure. Even your prospect guy. Essentially, yep. you're like he's going to be the closer. This sure. Is funny. Um. Mm-hmm. So I. Uh, it's, I'm just going to say him right now. It's Alex Lang, Kyle Finnegan. There's Jacob Mizorowski, who essentially has like the filthiest stuff of any prospect yeah. pitcher. Question is command. And he pitches for the Brewers right now. He's also only been in double A. Um, so that's why Ricky Tiedemann was the first prospect mm-hmm. guy to go, which I understand. Like, I, I kind of looked at all of them. I was like, yeah, none of these are, I think, going to be there right away. I mean, there's also a Jackson Job, who's very interesting with the Tigers. There's him. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he looks amazing, by the way. Jackson Job. I was just so impressed by him. Also, um, I believe it's Dave Feta um, with uh, with the uh, Minnesota Twins. I think it's Dave. I, I'm I'm butchering this. I'm not a prospect guy, but I'm trying. And uh, then Shohei Otani. You're saying, look, maybe he comes back on my IL as a pitcher to be mm-hmm. a closer, which I think would be really fun. The only big problem about Otani is that if he's hitting, how does he go warm up? Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's right, that's, that's always that's been the problem question. of Otani uh-huh. the reliever, uh-huh. but there's a chance. Yeah. Uh, which of these? I, uh, how do you feel about Lang and Finnegan?
0: Um, I think that they're fine Dark throws as, as closers, should have the job, did well enough. Um, I know Lang had a few points of shaking this there and then always seemed to get the job back. Finnegan, once, yeah, oh, yeah, for your closer, that's a scary, scary oh, thing. Neither. Um, Finnegan once Hunter Harvey was hurt and they sort of gave him the job was, was really good down the stretch. I had him in a lot of leagues and he got a lot of saves um, mm-hmm. and sometimes closers on bad teams because they don't win by that much are a good place. Um, sure. So I, I, I like both of them. I could see both of them having news that they're not the closers to start the season, but Hey, when I'm using my last four picks on potential closers, that's, that's what I'm going to get. But um in 12 team leagues sort of like your philosophy on steals and average i also feel like i could play the wire especially early to pick up some closers and even stream some saves when i need to uh depending on the matchups in a shallower 12 team league
1: there you go uh so here we are we made it all 23 pixie last four were alex lang finnegan miserowski otani i don't know if i'm really going to be targeting any of them maybe finnegan um, it does worry me that he throws a ninety-seven mile per hour fastball seventy percent of the time that only has eleven percent swing mm-hmm. strike rate. Um, and then it's like a splitter that sometimes is good. Uh <laughs> I mean that's it. Uh and mm-hmm. then Lang, for example, I feel like if the Tigers are really gonna be going for this, though someone else is uh, yeah. the yeah. closer. That's fair. Um but I and then I don't I don't buy the whole Otani thing, but who cares his last pick? And the Miserable yeah, one is just fun. Uh, because he's just the filthiest guy in uh in yeah he's one of my area. favorite pitching prospects. Yeah, uh, command absolutely. be damned. So I got it. Um, so here we are. I uh, rate your team on a scale of one to twenty three.
0: I am going to rate my team a fifteen. Um, right,
1: why is that? There is a
0: lot of things position eligibility wise. I felt like I could have done. I also think that there were some pitching decisions that I would make differently doing this again, mm-hmm. particularly. With like the Taj Bradley pick, maybe I would have gone uh, a, a, a lower floor sort of upside guy, if that makes any sense. Like you know, sure. I, I think I like Charlie Morton around later there. Um, you know, even like a Jordan Montgomery or uh, um, Nestor Cortez or Savali, something like that. Mm-hmm. Verlander, I, I regretted immediately uh, not taking um, Bobby Miller there. But, you know, it's not the worst consolation prize. And I also think I would have swapped taking Corbin Burns, um, filled out my hitters there, and then rounds like 6 to 9, 10, just load up on all starting pitchers. But that would yeah, have I required that's kind
1: me... that's the way to go, man.
0: Yeah, that would have required me, like, spreading the love with my hitters as far as outfield goes. Right. Uh,
1: and so. it's funny, a lot of people think, like, oh, Nick, you are just really into... Uh, going after pitchers. Oh, you don't in the seventh always every year, maybe. But also, I think we, we did a really good job of this. This time was kind of fine tuning where the drop off is on uh on hitting talent early, and I might be suggesting late fourth uh and the fifth as the times I start going after yeah. guys, especially if you can Agreed. get the pop open in the fifth inning. I Agreed. doubt you're going to be able to get that. Um, but if you can, ho, 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 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's going to be fun. Yep. Um, and uh, I think that's going to work even well.
0: Even Nola, right? Uh, even your Nola, too, on the fifth, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, Nola, I'm, I have the back end of that. So I would be okay. going. I mean, I got Grayson. Here's the thing. I'm really torn about this because I got Grayson Rodriguez in the seventh and I have him as my SP-11. So I would probably wow. be saying like Kirby or so. Yeah. Um, at the, in that fifth round area, uh, I can under I understand the Glasnow push too. He is just really good. I, I Early PLB projections are just like, yeah, no, don't worry about the innings. Like, just uh, yeah, just go and get him. It's fine. Um, I agree. <laughs> um, and I might be because of that. Come the spring, pushing up Glasnow again. Um, but uh, but yeah, like Freed even too. It's just like that's just really nice and fun, and there's a lot of good ones like that. Um, but anyway, uh, that is it for today. I. Uh, I cannot thank you enough, Steve, for being here. Um, Please remind everybody uh, where you are and how they can find you.
0: Yeah, um, you can find me on Pitcherless Podcast Network uh, over on the Winds Above Fantasy Show um, with my co-host Van Burnett. Um, During the season, we come out uh, every Thursday and the offseason will be every other Thursday. Um, I believe that's correct. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, looking forward to... Getting back out there and start doing some prep. I'm sure Van and I will talk about our drafts separately. Uh, we, we do that uh, as well um, and then start to do some end of year recap soon, which which is always fun. Um, so, yeah, check us out over at Wins Above Pod uh, on Twitter, tweet at us, email us, winsabovepod at gmail.com, whatever. Um, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. This is like you said, I I can't. You said two years at first. I I, I hard to believe that it's even more than one. But this is our uh, third off season, which is crazy. Yeah, so, man. Super excited to to dive into it.
1: Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's been great having you. Uh, not only on this show, but of course as a, a member of the podcast network now for yeah for three years. Yeah. Um, but that is it, everyone. We're gonna be going through the rest of the other teams, all ten others as well. Um, throughout the offseason in the next two months. But that is it. So on behalf of Steve Giswelli, my name is Nick Pollock. May your balance be low and you strike outside.